0: Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner, Sports and Entertainment, and Hello Fresh present Inside the Nest, a weekly look inside Kennesaw State football. takes the snap and drops the throw, here comes the pressure, airs it far side, it is batted away and picked off in the end zone, the Owls have won it in overtime, bust out the plank, it was Bryson and Armstrong and the Owls in the wildest game in their history hold off the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, 60-52. to 52. And now, let's go Inside the Nest. Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh, Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary. And we're at Fifth Third Bank Stadium as we get set. For the Owls in Missouri State, out in Springfield, Missouri, coming up on Saturday. That is a 3 p.m. Eastern time kickoff with a 2.30 pregame for us here in Atlanta on Atlanta's Sports X, 1230 AM, 106.3 FM. And, of course, you can get it at Atlanta's Sports X on the TuneIn app as well as wfom.radio.net. Nathan, the Owls come off of a 42-7 win at Alabama State. Nice bounce-back win after a frustrating day at Kent State. And I think one of the things I liked the most was for such a young team coming off of a tough loss, right. they came out with their foot on the gas, and they really pretty much ran Alabama State off the field and really did so in the first quarter of the game.
1: Yeah, 21 points there in that first quarter. And what I saw of the Kennesaw State do is that they really got back to doing what they what they are, and that is run the run that option. And Daniel David, I think, carried 12 out of the first 13 carries were by himself. So I think that he was um, kind of – Staking claim that he's the leader of this offense, kind of the way Chandler Burke was last year. Chandler Burks was last year, and um, you know I thought it was a great performance for that offense. You didn't have a whole lot to think went wrong in that first um, half. The second half got a little sloppy. I think Coach Bohannon probably is going to build on some of those things that we saw in the second half. But yeah, they came out and did exactly what they needed to do: is get back in the winning mindset.
0: One of the great things I think early this season that we're seeing, at least so far, knock on wood is that Bronson Rechsteiner truly is Bronson Rechsteiner, the one that we expected when he came here, and especially when he transitioned over to the offensive
1: side of the ball.
0: He's been explosive, he's been effective, and he's been impressive.
1: He has been. He had seven carries for 64 yards and the big, long touchdown run. He uh, certainly is a grinder up up the middle. He will wear down defenses, but when he gets into open field, he's got a throttle that he can drop a little nitrous in and, and – uh, definitely shown shown um, a great ability to, in the open field, get yardage and score. And I think he's shown it receiving passes and running now. So it was great to see him hustling down the field and, and getting that touchdown uh, last week. He really, really has, has become a really nice back.
0: Another great thing, I think, about this game was the fact that, you know, the score did get lopsided, and as much as you enjoy beating teams handily, I think more useful and even more positive is the fact that it got – so much playing time, again, for so many young guys on this roster because there's so many of them. There's like 50 freshmen on the roster.
1: Yeah, and you were missing Dorian Walker and Andrew Butcher. The offensive line is still coming together. You, you gotta, you, I didn't, didn't see any injuries on Saturday at Alabama State, so those guys are are getting more line, more um, snaps of the football, and they're getting better each and every game. The young defense, there had a couple of penalties and and things there late in the game, but you still gotta like the way this team's playing.
0: You mentioned Andrew Butcher, of course, didn't play, but we saw kind of the coming out party or the emergence of Joel Parker, who, for his effort, was named the Big South defensive player of the week and he was all over the place and well you always love to have depth and you know we've defensive ends have really been a strength in the short history of this program anyway and it appears and who knows what else they have on the shelf but it appears in parker they've found another one that potentially be an effective player.
1: Yeah, you've had uh, a Joel Parker come in and step up and really make some big plays and turn some heads here early in the season. We've called his name several times in when Kennesaw State needs a play. There's Joel Parker standing in. So um, we got a chance to talk to uh, defensive end coach Rigo Zachary early on. He liked the way Joel Parker looked in camps, and it's continued into the season. And of course, the Owls now get ready to take on Missouri State.
0: It'll be the third of three consecutive road games, which is kind of a challenge early in the season, but this also is a challenge, and we'll get into Missouri State a little bit more in detail in the last segment of the show. But one of the things to look ahead for, it's a little bit more of a challenge because it's one of those Missouri Valley Conference teams, which tend to be big, physical, you know, more plodding type of teams and of course they take on the North Dakota states and South Dakota states of the world and well in recent years haven't fared especially well either but we'll get into that a little bit more as the show progresses. One of the things I thought was another positive was the play of Tommy Bryant and that again goes back to and coach told us at the beginning of the year we were going to see both guys play pretty regularly but This does go back to kind of getting the score in hand pretty early. And Tommy, every time he's out there, like Daniel, it looks pretty impressive. Tommy had a good game, too. Yeah,
1: when Tommy goes out there, Daniel David has a certain style of leadership Tommy Bryant, I think, has the more traditional style of leadership that he brings to the field. He's quick. He didn't complete a pass, but he did run the football pretty well. And then Xavier Shepard got in as well. That that was when you're leading by so much, and that's what Kennesaw State did all last year. And I think we'll we'll hear from the Missouri State coach. He alluded to how much experience this team has because of after the OGs were leaving the program and and, uh, graduating out you've still got people that have experience. So Tommy Bryant was able to get in there, do his thing. Xavier Shepard came in and got a couple runs. So Tommy Bryant is a great backup quarterback to Daniel David. And let me tell you, the way Daniel David runs, you expect him to get banged up and nicked up, and Tommy Bryant will get his opportunities.
0: One of the deepest areas on this team, and there's nothing out of the ordinary about this, of course, being an option team is running back. And man, did the Owls boast some more depth at running back Saturday night against Alabama State. I mean, Isaac Foster, we know that name very well, led the team all-purpose yards-wise. But we saw explosive plays from Kevin Ficklin. We saw the long run by Antavius Greer. Brandon Simmons do an effective job at the two. We don't know yet the status of Kyle Glover, but when the Owls did have Kyle go down, and I don't think it was anything serious, you said they were taping his ankle on the sideline, but they had two other guys to go to and potentially even more than that. And the depth at running back, again, understandably, in an option offense is pretty impressive with this bunch.
1: Yeah, when Glover went down, I think the the score was 14 nothing. It ended up being lopsided. He didn't need to come back in. They did tape him. I saw him standing on the sidelines and in huddles. He looked perfectly fine. But Brandon Simmons is, I think, someone that we're going to look forward to seeing more of, as well as Antavius Greer, who gets in the game and is like a lightning bolt. So – that speed reminds you of like a Darnell Holland kind of yep. guy and can get to the edge so quickly. And and Isaac Foster, too. Isaac Foster had a great game, 84 yards, had that one catch for 22 yards. He's just one of those players that is becoming the face of the franchise for Kennesaw State football. And on special teams, we know how important special teams can be. When you're picking up 30 yards per punt return and kickoff return, you're putting your team in a great position to score. You
0: know, field position such a key thing anyway. And we saw Kent State pretty regularly kick away from it even though they did a really good job covering Kicks. They also stayed away from him. We obviously remember that Point stayed away from him. So it'll be interesting to see how many teams adopt that philosophy as this 2019 season rolls along. A bunch more coming up for you on this episode of Inside the Nest. After a timeout, Brandon Joseph gets together with Brent Wimberley, now a grad assistant with Kennesaw State, of course a former player. And after that, Nathan has Bronson Recksteiner, who had a big game against Alabama State. Right now we take a timeout. This is Inside the Nest presented by HelloFresh, and you're listening to... To Kennesaw State University football. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest off Busby Drive across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's barbecue, Owl Town has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks and water will be available for sale. OwlTown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard.
2: If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh.
0: Montrelli right, Hancock left. Option pitch coming near side. Antavius Greer slashes into the open 40, cuts it back 30, gone. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Antavius Greer. 54 yards.
3: Brent and Joseph here with Brent Wimberley former player now a grad assistant first off thank you for joining us and two, talk about how the transitions going to being a grad
4: assistant from being a player two years ago um, transition has been uh, it's, it's really been a wild ride man I can I can tell you just coming from a player you know, to being a GA is somewhat of humbling. You know what I mean? Uh, now, now I have a newfound respect for um, my former coaches and everything that they used to go through. Um, and it definitely sheds light on, on what goes on in the process of preparing for a football game, and preparing for a season. You know, uh, a lot of things uh, I didn't know as a player that I'm getting exposed to now. And, you know, sometimes I wish like, wow, I wish I would have known that as a player. You know what I mean? So uh, it's definitely been a transition, one of the best transitions I ever had in my life. And I'm, I'm happy to be uh, in this transition phase.
3: I want to talk about both those things that you touched on. But the first one, talk about what it
4: is some of the things that you now see as a coach on the other side than when you were as a player. Um definitely the value in, in watching film. You know, my Line coach when I played, Coach Volker, he uh, he stressed the importance of, of watching film and I did watch film, but to actually study it and break down and, and find tendencies that people are doing, you know, and keying in on the little things, you know, that's one thing about Kennesaw State, we always harp on the little things. And and, and seeing our coaching staff definitely hop on on little things, and, and and they don't just preach it, but they actually do it, and they and they go through it. So just just being able to to find little minute details to help us prepare for a game is, is is goes a long way.
3: For a lot of people that don't know, watching film doesn't necessarily mean when watching yourself. It's watching your teammates more than you. You can
4: remember what you did, but watching your teammates and how they moved and how everything flows together. For sure, for sure. Because one thing about it, the more you know, the better you are at your position. You know. I mean, and the more you can help the team you know so uh just just for example if we're in coverage and you know where your help help is in coverage then that makes you better in your zone and that makes you, your job a little easier you know talk about
3: some of the things you try to pass on to the players because for a lot of times you have to act almost as a translator for the players it's easy to have the coach saying something mm-hmm. and you are a player you know sometimes it doesn't register sure. but you were here more recently you would just lived it so you have to act as a translator talk about that step in that process
4: uh well one thing I tried I try to do is, you know, no matter how old you are, what age you are, at some point you have looked back on your life and be like, oh man, he was right. So I just try and, and be that light for the players to let them know, listen, alright, think about this from a culture perspective. Alright, now think about it as a big picture, okay? So, from right now, what you're doing now, it might seem too hard for you right now and all this, but you gotta understand what it's preparing you for, you know? You've been through something, you've been through stuff in life before, and then you look back and somebody that's older than you or one of your elders kind of told you, like, okay, be, be wary of that or be watch for this you know, or whatnot and I just want to just let them know just to trust the coaching staff you know what I mean we've all done it we've all been there and it's a reason that we're doing what we're doing you know what I mean
3: a lot of people that hear the title graduate assistant they know it's a member of the coaching staff but what does go into that role it's definitely a grind
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a grind um graduate assistant means uh you're still in grad school you're still going to school um but you're doing the same work as uh as as, as one of the assistant coaches would you know what I mean so as far as game planning um preparing for games and helping the coach staff and whatever they need you know what i mean as far as watching film breaking down film and uh also the recruiting process you know what i mean we, we help with the recruiting uh making graphics and and different things with photoshop and stuff like that sale documents everything so it's, it, it's a lot that goes into it but it's so worth it because you learn so much you know what i mean just sitting in meetings listening to coaches and being able to talk football is fun
3: so i'm getting a kind of a glimpse of it from student To coach,
4: to assistant, to tech support, really. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's everything. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, it's making you better. You know what I mean. So the more you're able to do, you know, the better you are. As you emerge in this role, what point, if at all, or does it come natural? Do you have to put thought into it? Do
3: you find out what type of coach you want to be, from your defensive philosophy to scheme wise and things like that? Is that something you actively think about, or is it just something that, hey, when it's my time, I'll figure it
4: out? Definitely interesting, just especially coming from my perspective. I played for the former staff with coach newberry and now um i also coached under that staff for my first year as the ga last year and this year i'm I'm under a new staff and this is my first time actually going through a full staff change like we did um you know i've had a different linebacker coach of course before but going through a different staff you see things you know you want to pick up on and you see things that you might want to change you know what i mean but at the end of the day it's still making you better you know so the more you are able to engage and be a part of something else the more you can form how you want to do things you know what i
3: mean is there ever a time you're out here at practice, you're looking at the players and you just go, now nah, I would have done that differently? Or is it one
4: of those things where you just go, you can remove yourself from the player version of you? For sure. I mean, uh, it's one thing about it. We we have plenty of athletes here, you know? So also the scheme is a little different, you know what I mean? So how how we do things is a little different. So how they play things is a little different, you know what I mean? So how they go about approaching it is different. Sometimes from how, how I see it, but also... Uh, it's a little tricky, you know what I mean? You watch film, you see the player, you see his attributes and how he can uh, can perform, and then you go help him, you know what I mean? So my way isn't right. His way might not be right, but at the end of the day, we come together, we figure it out, and then we find the best solution. Awesome. Thank you so much. No problem.
3: Nathan McCreary here
1: with Bronson Reckstein of the Owls, running back. Bronson, your senior season, just talk about the role you feel like you've had to take after the OGs leave and being that senior on the team. Well, I mean, obviously
5: a lot of us, a lot of guys have had to come together and step up. And, you know, I don't think I'll ever be able to fill the shoes behind Jake McKenzie, but I could certainly try. And they've the foundation for the program, you know, started a pedigree, a legacy, and we're trying to uphold it every single day. That's all we could do
1: is try. You had a couple of health issues the last couple of seasons, and it looks like so far this season you're in full strength. Just talk about battling through some of those health issues. Well, it's been tough. I've
5: never really been an injury-prone guy until beginning of last season. And then, you know, I mean, it was like one thing after another. I kept getting hurt, kept getting hurt, and, and after a while, mentally, that can, can get after you a little bit. But, you know, I persevered through it. Thank God I have, you know, a great home base and, and people around me, you know, to motivate me and keep me locked in. So. I'm just thankful for those people and everybody so
1: you played at etowall high school and on the roster you had linebacker wide receiver running back and also saw you G- kick returner <laughs> at etowall you kind of done it all came in here as a linebacker just talk about how you got introduced to football and some of those inspirational people
5: in your life well i, I started when i was five my first year of football I played center and then you know gradually you know i moved up to running back and played some different you know different spots and then I'm in high school my biggest role models were obviously my dad and, and Bill Goldberg probably was up there too because you know Bill Goldberg played for the University of Georgia played professional football and you know, obviously he's a WWE wrestler like my dad and you know we know Bill personally and I think his intensity and the way he goes about his business is you know the way I wanted to do things and just people like that you
1: know you're obviously an intense guy and your family pedigree is pretty cool talk about growing up with a father who was in the spotlight
5: <laughs> well it wasn't easy i would say i'm the youngest of uh, i got two older brothers so you know they were everybody was really tougher on me i think you know because they were a little bit older than me so i was you know there in high school i was the last one in the house and i was kind of by myself and i had a lot of things to live up to and wrestling and and uh just really all athletics and you know it was it was challenging at times but you know I'm thankful for the way and how hard my dad pushed me and the thing, you know I'm dumb thankful for that. So
1: looking back at the Alabama state game, you had a big run, you had a big reception. Talk about that breakout. You've you've had two touchdowns already this season, which I think matches what you had earlier. Just talk about being healthy and getting some of those big plays. Oh, it's
5: it's a blessing. You know, I'm can't tell you how thankful I am enough to just be out here and, and playing cuz I know what it's like to be on the other side of it and just, you know, to stand and watch. So thankful every day i get to come out here and i'm trying to maximize you know every opportunity that i get you know to give me the best chance to succeed and i've been lucky a few times so far and we'll see how the rest of the season goes so
1: coming off the bus you have these shades that seems to be uh the talk of everything tell me is there a story behind those things um
5: those are like very similar to macho man randy savage shades that he used to wear in the 80s and 90s when he wrestled so when he walked to the ring, he had different colors and different styles and stuff, so that's where that's where that got from. <laughs>
1: Alright, let's turn our focus to Missouri State. They play in the Valley, some of those teams that, uh, I think they have seven teams ranked. It's a very tough conference. Those are some big guys. What do you know about that squad?
5: You know, I know that they're a tough team and they're going to be ready for us. You know, I don't really know a whole lot about them. We have watched the tape and stuff and, you know, we come out every day to practice for them, but that's, as far as I know, I you know, they, their top conference is tough. You know, North Dakota, South Dakota, and I'm sure there's a few others, so we got to be ready.
1: Coaches always talk about it's it's more about you than anybody else. Is that kind of the mindset that goes into each game?
5: Yeah, we just we try to focus on c- control the controllables is what he tells us all the time. So, you know what I mean. And we just I try to do my job as well as other guys try to do their job, and we get eleven guys doing our job. You
1: know, it's fun to watch. All right, Bronson. Best of luck on Saturday. This interview brought to you by HelloFresh. More inside the Nest podcast. When we return.
0: Hey, do you love your KSU Owls but can't commit to a full season ticket? Then the new three-game flex plan may be just the thing for you. Choose any three of the 2019 home games, get complimentary parking, and your choice of a variety of seat locations. The three-game flex plan is available for as low as $75. The two-time defending Big South champion Owls are out to win a historic third consecutive conference title. So get your three-game flex plan today. Go to ksuowls.com
2: slash tickets or call 470-KSU-OWLS. The cat If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh.
0: Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest off Busby Drive across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's barbecue, OwlTown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks and water will be available for sale. OwlTown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. Dropping to throw as Davis pressure comes back, side guns underneath, intercepted at the 32. Down the near sideline, 20, all the way to the end zone, touchdown, Demetrius Petway. And we're back inside the Nest, presented by Hello Fresh. Brian Giffin with Nathan McCreary. And now we look ahead. Missouri State, as we mentioned at the top of this podcast, ...provides the opposition for the Owls. It's their home opener. They are 0-2 having lost to Northern Arizona and of course more recently, understandably, to Tulane. But as we talked about in the opening segment of this show, Nathan, they are one of those Missouri Valley Conference teams. Back to the point that it's their home opener. You know, they're going to be jacked up. They haven't had the opportunity to play on their field... And one of the things about so many early road games is you get some teams home openers.
1: Yeah, and then they actually did get a uh, had a, a game last year at home against number nine Illinois State, where Missouri State defeated them twenty four to twenty one. So this this team has got some experience in playing ranked teams. They did also fall to North Dakota State later in the year. So they're they're again they they've seen the big teams. They've yeah. seen them come in. Uh, they're not going to be scared of what Kennesaw State has to bring. You know, I think again, kind of you, you kind of equate it to what we what Kennesaw State did when they went to uh, Montana State, is you're going to an area that may not be familiar with who Kennesaw State is, and you're introducing yourself to a fan base or to maybe some recruits that likes what they see and being in the Missouri Valley. So you go in there, you pick up a win, not only could it just be... You know another win on the season and and kind of moving in towards conference play because you're coming back home after this long three week road trip you've now picked up a victory and and or played well in an area that people may not know who you are, so I think there's a lot of implications that go with this football game
0: I think at this point and, and we know this, but every game really matters a bunch and what magnifies that so much more, I think for the owls is the fact that originally both Furman and Duquesne were going to be on this schedule, and both of those backed out for whatever reasons and aren't on it. So when you end up with two NAIA programs on your schedule, it really affects you strength of schedule-wise later in the season when they're determining the top eight seeds, and obviously that's a long ways off. That's also where losing that FBS game at Kent State certainly hurts you, but a win against a valley team on their field would be a strength certainly prior to conference play, and that's what you're looking for
1: yeah, absolutely and it's a, it is a it's going to be a tough uh, FCS opponent like you said that the valley is is kind of known as one of those the bit more large tier big tier conferences they play a lot of teams this Missouri State team was picked to finish tenth they haven't had a lot of success yeah. over the last couple of years, but you don't think they want to punch Kennesaw State in the mouth and, and knock off a top 10 rated team you better believe they do
0: well we got some sound that we'll provide it here in a couple of moments from their coach Dave Steckel, who coincidentally is the younger brother of former Minnesota Vikings coach Les Steckel, who made news back when he was the Vikings coach because he kind of took a boot camp approach to training camp with the Vikings he was kind of like a marine drill instructor guy well, Dave Steckel is a former Marine like his brother is, but he has been this is year five for Dave Steckle at Missouri State. They do play in a tough conference, but they've had a rough go of it. He's twelve and thirty-two at Missouri State, having gone one and ten the first year, four and seven, the second year, three and eight, the third year, and four and seven again last year. But they did start last year four and two before dropping their last five games in a row.
1: Which means though that they played some teams including an Illinois State team. Then they got into conference play and struggled a little bit, which is which is no surprise. But it sounds like he's progressed and maybe plateaued a little bit. I don't know a whole lot about the Missouri recruiting pipeline for Missouri State. So it'll be interesting to go there and look, check out their facilities and see what they have to offer.
0: Here are Steckle's thoughts on facing Kennesaw State as well as the Owls' quick rise to prominence at the FCS level.
6: They're obviously an option football team. The advantage we had is no one was coming into it. That was like our summer project. So we've spent all this and we're just dusting off all of our thoughts from the summertime and making sure that last year's film is cooling with this year's film. And because of that, they're really good on defense because they're not on the field very much. I think they're like 35 or 36 minutes of time of possession and they're very meticulous and very good at it. And I think what that does is it helps their defense stay off the field, keeps them fresh and going for that direction. It's not an Achilles heel unless you stop the run. And then I think what you have to do when you play teams like this is get them in a situation where they have to throw the ball they're not as adequate as running the football. So what we have to do is get them in third, long situations. We've got to create negative plays, and we have to get up in the football game, so they have to throw the ball, and then that takes the advantage over us. The task isn't as big from the standpoint of it's our third game, and every year our summer studies are based on the third three games. So what we've done strategically is, number one, we've game-planned over the summer, like I just said, and we are making and going through the film now, making sure everybody's on the same page A and B and see how much they changed. And then the second part of that is during summer camp, we allotted two days to it that taught our kids that. And then we stole a day during our bye week and reviewed it with the kids. So now they have that review, hopefully you have that long-term memory, and when we go out and present it tomorrow, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember. I don't know how they built it from the inside as far as facilities, support, all those things that you get have to have an FCS and things of that nature. But I think what they did was when they started off the program is they went to a very, for them, an advantageous, for everybody else, a disadvantage offense. Yeah. The Citadels, the Army, the Navies of the world, that's how they built it quickly offensively because it's such a crazy animal to get ready for. All those kids last season started for four years because they came in as freshmen. now there were some transfers out, but they came in as freshmen. It was a well-willed machine last year, especially offensively. They lost a lot of guys offensively. Now, the the flip side of that, they got up on big scores, so a whole lot of guys have playing time. So they all know how to run it. All
0: right, that is Missouri State head coach Dave Steckel offering his thoughts on the Owls and how quickly they've become a prominent FCS program. One of the things that we could see some of on Saturday, and you certainly hope so from the Owls' perspective, turnover plank Mm -hmm. their quarterback was benched in the Tulane game he has been prone at times to throw picks now Tulane to be fair is an FBS opponent for them but it'll be on the Owls I think a to get pressure on this quarterback and get him off his spot get him out moving and of course the turnover plank has been a big factor for the Owls since the plank was born a few years ago
1: yeah, and and uh you know, what Kennesaw State does well is they have been able to get a lot of pressure on on the quarterbacks. They did it against point, they did it against Crum at times, they had to do a lot of stunting, and I don't we didn't see that as much against Alabama State. We'll see how they, they uh approach the Missouri State defense. But yeah, I think you gotta put pressure on the quarterback, force him into throwing the ball where he doesn't want to, and uh, you know, you will be able without Bryson Perry uh, for the first part of the game yep. because of targeting penalty at Alabama State. But for the most part, if you get Andrew Butcher back and you get Dorian Walker back, this will be a complete defense. And this defense is good. And you could hear in the coach's voice, you kind of hear that drill sergeant, kind of marine yep. in his voice. I don't think he's that impressed with Kennesaw State. And, uh, you know, maybe it's time the, the Owls go in there and, and show him why they're number seven in the country.
0: One of the things he said, and, you know, for time we we didn't leave that in there, but he made the point in his presser that he wasn't really aware of Kennesaw State until they made it to the quarterfinals last year, and he did watch the game against South Dakota State. But So he made the point, and everybody does when they're about to face Kennesaw State, that, well, we've got to stop the run, we've got to stop the run. Well, they haven't stopped the run so far this year, so it's going to be interesting to see how that translates, as they haven't seen a running attack like this. The other thing I found interesting was, And obviously they're preparing all this week for it, but he made the point they spent two days on this offense in camp. And scout teams the world over that face this option – do try to simulate it in practice but what you can't simulate is the speed with which it's run the efficiency with which it's run and the timing and the whole nine yards and it's going to be interesting to see how their preparations pay off or don't pay off for them on saturday
1: well and and you this team's coming this is just their third game they have had a bye week so they're going to use that bye week to focus on teams that are they've got ahead and and they're going to look at the spread option but you know what kent state said the exact same thing they had they were forced To take several practices uh, take a full week and look at the option so it is an advantage to Kennesaw State that the teams that they face may not know a whole lot about the option but what it comes down to is they've got to stop the run that's exactly right they've got to be able to stop it now it's not just stopping the middle or the outside. You've got to stop both of them, and that's yeah. where Kennesaw State is very, very good. If, you, if they're stopping you up the middle, then you go to the edge. If they're stopping you on the edge, you find a way to get up the middle. They have not had a team. I, I think probably maybe South Dakota State was the best team we've seen at the stopping the run on the edge and Man. up the middle, but uh, – The weather may
0: have contributed to that, too. Absolutely,
1: no doubt about that. But also, we've seen so far, Daniel David's a much more prolific passer than uh, Chandler Burks was, and that's going to be interesting to see how they weave in some uh, passing opportunities.
0: Well, and that was going to be my next point. You know, the one thing that we've seen teams do this over the years where they essentially try to come up, play up and jam the line of scrimmage to some degree and try to string out all three of the options because the ability of the quarterback to run is a big deal in the option, obviously. Mm -hmm. The pitch being timed perfectly is also an important thing. One of the things we've seen so far in two games, two different times, the pitch has gotten swatted away. So that's something that Daniel will have to work on timing that and make sure that somebody doesn't get a paw in there. Hasn't hurt the Owls particularly, but that is one thing that has happened a couple of times here. early that we didn't see much of last year. But back to the original point, the fact that Daniel can spin the ball the way he does – adds a component where you really can't afford to jam the line of scrimmage and defend the option that way. You have to account for every inch of the field.
1: And the three passes that were completed at Alabama State were all three to running backs. So now your linebackers are, are, you know, if if it's a man-to-man coverage, they're pegged on a, a running back. They are going to be pushing up for a run, and let me tell you, Isaac Foster can get past you in a hurry. So I yeah. think that's and Shaquille Terry also had a catch against Alabama State. So I think that's that's definitely a benefit. You had a 13 yard completion to Bronson Recksteiner. You had a 22 yard completion to uh, Isaac Foster. That's pretty good uh, percentage wise. If you're throwing it, and you got to to have that option.
0: One other thing, even though the Owls didn't throw or target them. One of the things I thought was important and has steadily improved since this season started is the blocking by the wide receivers down the field. That's a large part of what has sprung some of these big runs, and that's very, very important, and it's critical in this offense.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, when you have wide receivers who block so well, and, and what's interesting, you take someone like a Caleb O'Neill who came in as a quarterback and made the transition to wide receiver, and he's out blocking uh, that well. It's It's a... Big credit to Aussie Buchanan, the the wide receiver coach for Kennesaw State. But yeah, they those wide receivers, they have to be multifaceted. They have to be versatile, be able to. to run routes, and that was Caleb O'Neill mentioned. That's one thing he wants to get better at is, is route running because he did make the transition. But you got K.J. Hancock, um, who's also shown he can catch the ball, and Pontrelli, the freshman, looks good. Kennesaw statewide receivers have a lot on their plate, and they've stepped up to the task so far.
0: It'll be interesting to see in closing in this game if the owls do spread it out a little bit open just early to plant you know just to plant the seed early on because that'll back that defense off a little bit and it'll open up things that you're more inclined to want to do
1: yeah and i think I think what Kennesaw State has done is. They'll throw some early in the games, and then when you're up by 13, 14, 15, 20, whatever the point uh, spread may be, um, they pound that defense in the third quarter, and that's what wears those defenses down because it does keep them on the field a long time, time of possession again in Kennesaw State's favor. When it is in their favor, it's likely to be a win.
0: It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be even more fun for us to go out there and call it, and we will come your way with radio coverage here in the Atlanta area at 2.30 with a kickoff between the Owls and Bears coming at 3 p.m. Eastern time from Springfield, Missouri, from Plaster Stadium. That'll come your way Saturday, and again, here in the Atlanta area on radio, AM 1230, the Sports X, along with 106.3 FM, and on the south side of Atlanta, 103.7 FM as well as the Owls take on the Missouri State Bears. Nathan, thank you. It's going to be fun riding out there. It's going to be fun Saturday.
1: Yeah, another trip. Uh, the last one for a while is we're going to fly out to Missouri. But uh, it'll be nice to come home and hopefully pick up a win out there and come back to 5th, 3rd Bank to play a very good Reinhardt squad. Inside
0: the Nest is presented by Hello Fresh. We also thank them because they make Inside the Nest possible for you, the fan each and every week throughout the 2019 season. For Nathan McCreary and all the aforementioned folks, I'm Brian Giffen. That'll do it for Inside the Nest. We will talk to you Saturday from Missouri. Everybody go owls. Thank you for listening to Inside the Nest and tune in all season long for insights and analysis on your 2019 owls. Inside the Nest is a production of Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.